Welcome to the Shovel Pass, the NFL podcast for those that need that extra hour of football talk to get them over the hump and through the week. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm joined weekly by a few of my closest friends, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim, as we discuss all things NFL football from the games of the week, surprises, predictions, high performers, not-so-high performers, and anything else that stands out. Thank you for checking us out, and please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. We sincerely appreciate it. All right, welcome to episode three of the Shovel Pass podcast. I'm Nick Sawyer. This week I'm sitting down with my brother Will and Phil Heim, and we start off by talking all things rookie quarterbacks and what we've seen so far through the first week of the preseason. We then get into our AFC-NFC South preview, where we run through each team and all make predictions on where they'll find themselves at the end of the season record-wise. We also throw in a couple of hot takes here and there, just for good measure. Anyways, with that, enjoy. Here we go. Hey guys, nice to see you again. How's it going? How are we this week? Can't complain. We're around. Football's back, so we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, still we're a little week. football star, even with preseason. It's it's not it's not real yet. Yeah, I mean we're through what we're we're through week one of the preseason, so we got a little taste of something that sort of looked like football. But I'll be honest, I didn't watch a whole lot of it because the first preseason game is pretty bunk. I just saw enough of the 2022 NFL MVP today, or uh, in Mac Jones, take the field. So, <laughs> see. so I was pretty excited about that. So, yeah. uh huh, uh huh. I hope uh, not. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> My Niners didn't draft him, and I get it with Trey Lance. But if Mac Jones turns into the next Tom Brady, I am going to, I'm, I, uh, I'm gonna. That's gonna suck. I, uh, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope he does. Uh, obviously, the standard is a lot higher, so we'll see how he gets there. But uh, he did look sharp out there. Uh, he he made a couple uh, throws where he's looking to a second read, which I was really impressed with. But Man, he just has to see the starting field because uh, I, I know for now at least Cam's still the guy, even though he's been a little shaky in the preseason. But uh, I am excited about Mac Jones, and I hope that by uh, week five after the Tom Brady game, he gets a chance to start. His, <laughs> when uh, Tom yeah, Brady wanna... spanks the shit out of Cam, yeah, no, I don't want it. I don't want that pressure for Mac. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think any nah, kind of quarterback yeah. is going to do well under that kind of pressure. So give it. To I Cam. agree with you. We won't yeah. see him till week five, at least till after start week five. Week five. That's I did. Okay, so I'll admit I did not watch that whole game. I saw a few Mac Jones snaps. I did not see Cam's appearance. I read about it afterwards that it was uh, shaky and that if Mac Jones keeps improving and showing progress, that Cam might actually have some uh, competition this season. So that kind of lines up with what you're suggesting. The sooner we figure out who our guy is moving forward for the season, the better it's going to be for the offensive cohesion. So I don't, it doesn't matter to me. If Mac can win it outright uh, in the preseason, I'm totally fine with that. So I just want someone to run away with this job already. But for now, I'm kind of rooting for Cam, honestly. I kind of want to see Cam have a good year. 
Definitely. Um, and hey, if for no other reason, yeah. just so Mac Jones gets a year to sit on the bench and and absolutely learn and you know, as we've as as has been proven time and again, quarterbacks do uh, quarterback progression is better if they have time and and um, time to develop and they don't have that pressure thrust on them to step in and be the starter from day one. Absolutely. It's not to say that it doesn't work, but I mean, they I'm rise a big proponent of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously one of the bigger um, examples was Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers where coming out of the draft, it, it you know, they were both considered – more or less on par with each other. Some people were higher on one than the other. Um, but Alex Smith got stuck with, I forget, was it four offensive coordinators in three years? I thought it was five. Yeah, it was yeah, the first five years. But yeah. yeah, it was a lot. It was basically every year for his first five years, he had a different system that he had to learn. Yeah. And he was thrust into the starting job and all the expectations and everything. Whereas Aaron Rodgers went to the Packers. He got to sit on the bench a little bit. He got to see Brett Favre do it and rise into the role a little bit more organically and take it when, when he was ready to take it. Uh, yeah. And, and a lot of people don't remember like when Rodgers, when Rodgers came into the league, his first few years, he had some really shaky moments. He was not a world beater out of the gate. It took some time for him to, him to develop, and he did not look like a future MVP when he first started for Green Bay. So these things take time, and uh, you can ru- ruin a good quarterback by throwing him on the field too early just because, you know, the fans are stomping their feet. Well, Anyways. The Browns had multiple decades of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to that point. Well, so, yeah, I- but I mean, honest, in all honesty, for the last – three decades, any quarterback that went to the Browns was pretty much doomed. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. They, they were just yeah. a garbage disposal. Yeah, but I don't know whether sitting them would have actually changed anything. <laughs> true, true. I just mean in terms of being thrust in yeah. unprepared without the system and people around them and, and the progression. It did nothing for them. And it wasn't like, oh, they could go to a different team and do better. No, they were kind of ruined for the most part by the time they got All right, so we're talking about let's – I mean, this is a good place to start. I guess we'll, we'll get this conversation uh, out of the way at the beginning. The rookie quarterbacks, we just talked about Mac Jones. So maybe we see him week six, depending on how Cam looks. Um, I I think for the most part, like from what I've – I haven't watched a whole lot of the rookie quarterbacks in that first preseason game. But from what I did see, for the most part, the coaches are giving them easy play calls, dink and dunk passes – and then in the odd occasion, they're letting them throw deep, but in a controlled situation against the twos or threes. And they're really not having to deal with anything. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it a real pro look because they're going against the twos and threes on defense that are probably running a base defense without disguising anything. And, you know they catch a receiver running past the defense who's got 10 yards separation. I guess a couple of the guys have thrown deep, deep touchdowns and it's nice to see them hit on a long throw like that and show off their arm. But I don't know how I'm impressed. I am that, that they completed a pass to a wide open receiver. 
Yeah, I'll be honest, watching watching Justin Fields uh, in his game, I was less impressed with his long touchdown pass than I was with uh, a number of times where he was flushed from the pocket and stretched the field sideways, kept his eyes downfield, and executed passes downfield. The, the fact that he's keeping his eyes downfield, he's still looking at the defense, he's still locating receivers after he's been pressured, that to me says far more about him than hitting a guy with 20 yards of separation. It, it, it's yeah. not, you know. So I, I was reasonably optimistic, reasonably impressed uh, with him keeping his eyes downfield. He also missed some throws uh, that, that would be expected of an NFL starter too. So it, it wasn't all positive, but uh, the fact that he's keeping his eyes downfield, he's not too quick to, to bring his eyes down and start running with the ball. Um, I think bodes well, uh, at, at least as much as it can at this point. So, absolutely, and I think that's um, honestly how you the, the best way to evaluate these rookie quarterbacks in, in a preseason where even with COVID, I mean, it's they're having more of a preseason than they had last year, right? Like, you have guys like Jordan Love, for instance, who we haven't even talked about him, but he may as well be a rookie quarterback this year, right? With how little we've seen of him in just preseason action, but also like offseason activities for him, too, right? But I think the best way to evaluate these quarterbacks is. Let's not get carried away with the stat lines they put up against, like you mentioned, twos and threes. Let's instead look for, are they dis- like displaying the habits of what it takes to win? Like you mentioned, keeping your eyes downfield out of the pocket, good move in the pocket, at least with my boy Mac, 2022 NFL MVP, what he was doing, looking to his second read, that kind of stuff. So if you see even a bit of those traits, perfection will come eventually with time. Not even that. Ever, yeah. but it will, Ball it, security, it, not making silly exactly. throws, not trying to force things. Come. You know, I, I mean, I just just this evening I watched the uh, the first couple of snaps for our um, our number one pick there, Trevor Lawrence, and uh, you know, first snap, first drop back, holds the ball too long, strip sack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he recovered it. He didn't lose the ball, but he, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too hard on him for that. Okay, it's his first snap on the field. It's it's not the end of the world, but. Uh, you know, it's those types of things you're going to try and work out a little bit, get the jitters out. And then I did see him make a couple of nice throws where he drove it to the sidelines on comeback routes and stuff like that. So um, I, I actually have heard good things about him. It sounds like he's having a pretty good camp. But not not a whole lot we can take from these rookie quarterbacks just yet other than, okay, they seem to be keeping their cool and, you know, doing what they need to do daily to to get a little bit better. So um, I, I also I wouldn't mind touching on the fact that, okay, so my Niners at pick number three this year, right? Right. Yes. Yep. We're um, heavily rumored to take Mac Jones. Justin Fields was on the board. And they ignored both of them to go with Trey Lance. I have to say I was not impressed. I was pretty unhappy at the time <laughs> if i'm being very honest i have an issue with teams taking one year starters out of college and i will you and i've had this conversation a few times one year starters out of college to me are not ready for the nfl and i would challenge you to name 
a one-year starter in college who's turned into a really special NFL quarterback? I don't think you can do it. I can't think of I one. Can't. I really can't think of anyone off the top of my head at all. I can't think of any. There's They're not all colossal failures, no. but they just they, they end up having too much put on them too fast. They haven't developed enough in college. Even the four-year starters have a hard time coming in and starting from day one in the NFL. But when you take a guy like Mitch Trubisky, who started for exactly. one year in college, comes in, and he gets handed the, the, the starting quarterback job, I mean, I was over the moon happy when the Niners traded that pick and didn't take Trubisky. Yeah, when they, the they, they wanted. Oh, they just they hosed Fleece the Bears. <laughs> yes, fleeced them for picks so they could take the biscuit. That That was a happy day. Think about it. Sanchez, Mark Sanchez, started one year in college. He was a phenom. He came in. He had a nice couple of years for the Jets, but in the end, he turned into a pumpkin. Uh, who else started for one year in college uh, in recent years? Can you think of anybody? No, I really can't. I can't think of anybody. Uh, anyways, every so often it happens. So then you got this guy, Trey Lance, who starts essentially for one year. I mean, last year he played a few couple games, didn't he? I, th- I, think, he, I think he opted out last year. Was it COVID? Was it was he out the whole thing, or did they cancel their season? Out. I can't remember. There's something something like that, but they, right. I really think it's that right. was over 500 days since he threw it since he played a football right. game. Right, right. Yeah. So he had one good year in a shitty conference in college, and everybody gets so blinded by his physical ability, his his excuse me, his athletic his his athleticism, and it's like there's this blinding fear among all NFL front offices that if they don't take the most athletic guy and he turns into the greatest player to ever play the game, that they're going to look silly and just be, you know, die of shame that they didn't take him. But But honestly, I don't know. There's a couple things there. One, it's a little bit of the Al Davis effect. Like, how many years did Hal Davis just pick the best athlete out of college? And how many of them turned into anything? Um, He's an Olympic so, sprinter. He must be good at football. <laughs> great. Yeah. Run fast. Yeah, but you cut butterfingers, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and the other thing that I just generally have a problem with, I, I've found for years that the NFL overvalues potential and undervalues proven performance. Well, totally. So how many times have we seen a quarterback that is not an athlete turn into an incredible quarterback? I mean, we can name, we could name a laundry list of them, but I mean, the two obvious ones that come to, to, to mind are Tom Brady, who doesn't have an athletic hair on his body. Nope. Um, on his head. <laughs> Let's stay away from his body. <laughs> Let's not talk about Tom Brady's body hair. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and Peyton Manning. <laughs> like neither have any athletic <laughs> Neither has any athletic ability to speak of, and yet they're two of uh, two of the probably top five quarterbacks of all time. We can argue that one later. <laughs> but, no, but, but, but seriously, how many times do we have to see a quarterback who is not athletic become great before we start to learn that that's not a prerequisite to being great? Absolutely. But I could see it with the Niners. They're sitting there. Mac Jones is right there. He's a four-year starter. He's smart. 
He makes good decisions. His processing is lightning quick. He's he's been a, a multi-year starter in the best program in college football. But he's not very athletic. So we can't take him because if he's just a decent quarterback in the NFL and Trey Lance lights the league on fire, we're going to look fucking stupid. So we can't have that. So we got to take Trey Lance, you know, ride or die, like go for broke. I I find maybe there's a little bit of um, arrogance a little bit on the part of the, the GMs and coaches that they feel like, you know what, I'm, I'm good enough that if I get this guy with all this talent, with all this athletic ability, I can make him a star. This little bit of arrogance, like, I can do it. Um, where in a lot of cases, it's not about that. You know, I, I don't know that any coach could have gotten potential out of Demarcus Russell. I don't know that his coaching staff had anything to do with it, that his organization necessarily had anything to do with it. Um, I don't know that that was maybe the best situation for him to go into, but I don't think he would have done well anywhere. Uh, So there's maybe, yeah, I don't know, a little bit of uh, coaching hubris that they just think (laughs) they can. You took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's the thing. The NFL is an ego-driven league, right? And it's uh, it's fun hearing you talk, Nick, as a a Niners fan about some, you know, the quarterback limit that you guys had at that number three pick. Because for me, it's like I got to sit pretty – I honestly would have been happy with literally either quarterback – and that's just the nature of the game that you guys, your team traded up for that number three spot. And that's the thing is when you trade up, you better be picking talent, right? Like you can't trade up for a known commodity with Mac Jones, who I, again, am 2022 NFL VP, but that's his ceiling, which is a high ceiling. Sure. But, that, you know, but who knows, honestly, even if that's, even if that's the ceiling, good luck when you have, you know, the bills in your division and a rising, we think I the proof is the, Jerry sell out for me at least rising dolphins but good luck still winning a bunch of games in that division right so for me i'm like okay as the niners like you kind of once you trade up like your hands are kind of tied like you better take trey lance and i wonder how much of that was like maybe but why yeah because maybe they were listening to media saying they're trading up for mac jones that freaking guy from alabama who looks like an even more unathletic tom brady what the hell is john that that they could have sat tight and gotten okay but forget mac jones Forget Mac Jones for a second. They could have taken Justin Fields. Yeah. Why not take Justin Fields? I think they should have. And the guy did everything right in college. He's a stud. Yeah. And once he slipped past past the Niners, I was really, really hoping he would follow the Pats. But obviously the, the Bears, I think, made the exact right move to jump the gun and get him at 11. But that's the thing is, I think John oh, the, and, uh, and Shanahan, like you guys mentioned, the ego, right? They heard the the talk radio. They heard people saying, these guys are idiots fucking trading for Mac Jones, <laughs> the flabbiest kid from Alabama. That guy's going to get crushed with zero athleticism in the hardest division in football. They're getting up, up first-round picks for that guy. So I really think, like you said, they're like, oh, you know what? Maybe we should take a second look at Trey Lance. But again, me as a Patriots fan who endured our first losing season, and since literally I probably – was cognizant enough to watch football. <laughs> so I was totally content to take either one and be like, in Bill, we trust. So it's yeah, fun as you uh, Nick, you, yeah. as you should. Yeah. I think you sat pretty and you got a good, a good pick without 
um, moving, giving up anything. Stretching. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which I, I was totally happy with. So for me, I'm like, hey, if Mac Jones, even honestly, like if he plays like the fifth best quarterback for this draft, I'm fine because we didn't give up anything extra to get him. That's a worth the risk, right? Fifth guy off the board. Yeah. If he plays like it, fine. There you have it. We we will see. I don't know. I'm skeptical. I just I really hope that Lance turns into something like. Do something. You don't have to be the best quarterback that's ever lived, but don't send us back into another decade of darkness and losing and coaching changes. I don't think I can handle that. Anyways, all right, let's move on. We're gonna do this. This episode, we're supposed to be doing the uh, NFC, AFC South. So let's get into that. I've kind of earmarked a little bit of time for every team and a little bit less time for the shittiest teams in the division, which (laughs) we briefly touched on. So we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll say a couple things about those teams at the end, but (laughs) other than they're going to be last and they're not very good, (laughs) they're not going to get as much attention. Um, let's start with the NFC. So, uh, let's, do this a little bit differently right off the top. Who's going to win the division? Bucks. Yeah, Buccaneers. I don't, yeah. I don't see how it could be any other way. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't think... The other teams lot. in the division haven't... I don't know that they've made real strides forward. Um, and the Bucks have just as strong a team as they had last year. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's theirs to lose. Um, I don't think anyone else is coming close in strength in the near term. Um, I, I think it'll be if, if the Bucks, you know, have some terrible injuries or have something explode, maybe. But if they play the way they're expected to play, they, they win. I don't think I'm saying anything uh, at all that's not obvious here, but they have the best roster. They just won the Super Bowl. They're the clear favorites. The other teams have gotten worse, if anything. Um, Oh, well, I shouldn't say that. Not necessarily. I don't know whether Carolina necessarily got worse, but um, I don't know that they got a whole lot They didn't, but they were a long way off. Yeah, they were. They were. (laughs) They had to get a lot better. So how does Brady's season go? He's 44 this year, right? Yeah, he's, he turned 44 August 3rd, but that's okay. okay. I have to know that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the obvious question there, though, is how does his season go? Is Father Time knocking on his door? No. Like, is this no. the season that we see him crumple? I think, the, I think he literally... Do we see cracks in the foundation? Is he going to start well, slipping? Well, he just had a torn ACL, or MCL rather, at 43, and we saw zero cracks in the foundation. So I don't think that he's going to slow down the slightest. I think Tom Brady is the the rare athlete that I can never think – I never know. Like I used to – when he was in New England, I remember still after the Super Bowl when we lost the Giants second time around, which still to this day breaks my heart and gives me nightmares. I still wake <laughs> up crying about those two Super Bowls, but that's okay. Anyways, him saying even back then the pipe drift playing till 45 and be like, this guy's on crack. There's no fucking way he can play till 45. And every single year, I keep expect I keep playing a max column and expecting my guy Tommy to show some sign. And every single year, he still comes out there and somehow is ends of the season as at least the third best quarterback in the NFL. So I think at 44 with 
the team only getting better around him. I think he's and more cohesive as well. And as much you've heard how much of a psycho he was in camp too. Like after two days of bad practice, he's throwing his helmet around and berating teammates. This guy is ready to go. There is no way he throws for less than forty five hundred yards and forty touchdowns, and they're going to win yes. fourteen games. Bill, that's the, the hot takes. I love. Yeah. It. Is that forty five hundred yards? Forty five touchdowns and thirty five TDs. One less game. He had 40 last year in one less game in his first year with the Buccaneers. I think 45 is what did you call them last number. week? You called them tugs. tugs yeah. <laughs> is that what you call them? 45 tugs. tugs. I like that. Isn't that the Canadian term for it? Isn't tugs a Canadian term? At least that's what oh, I, I don't thought. know. Is it? We got to make some CFL talk to at least some probably a. <laughs> All right, four, 4,500 yards and 45 touchdowns. Wow. I mean, 4,500 yards probably isn't that outlandish considering there's an extra game. He did it. 45 touchdowns? Game. I don't know about that. That one, I'm I'm giving you, you the, the side eye on that one. Yeah, see, all right. So I, I, I don't – I personally, I don't think he's going to have the same season he did last year. Um, I don't know that there's going to be clear cracks in the foundation, but – I also don't think he's going to light the world on fire throwing it around the field. Um, the other thing to keep in mind, and I don't, I'm not making any crazy prediction that this is the year that Tommy, you know, needs a wheelchair, but Peyton Manning was lighting the league on fire one year and the next year he could barely shovel past the ball, you know, just saying. And I was going to mention the exact same thing. Like, yeah. Brady is operating at a high level, and if he stays healthy, sure. Maybe he doesn't slow down. But every year older he comes back into the league, there's a little more chance that he takes a hit the wrong way, gets the wrong injury, and, you know, looks like New York Jets Brett Favre or necker injury Peyton Manning. Like, it it is a possibility and it becomes an increasing possibility over time. So is this year that it happens? Does it ever happen? Don't know, but uh, well, it's, I, I, I it's, out there. it's a risk. I don't think, I don't think he's at risk necessarily of losing time to injury. I think every time he kisses his sons on the lips, he gets a bit of their youth back. So I really I'm a Patriots fan. I'm allowed to say these things. You had to go there. Huh? Yeah. Boy. <laughs> I think quarterbacks that get to that age, they don't gradually decline. They're good until they're not. And when they're not, it's pretty obvious. I mean, look at Drew Brees last season. He was not. He looked like a different player. Yeah. Let's wait until that happens. So, because yes. with Tommy, we've been saying this since 2011. Right. I remember hearing Rob Parker on friggin' ESPN saying yeah. in 2011 he was washed. That's 10 years ago. Like, the, I mean, that's silly. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Saying, no one else we've ever seen can do this. So I'm like, hey, yeah. I'm going to, until you show me otherwise, you've literally proven to me you piss excellence. So until you stop, <laughs> I'm going to keep believing you can do that. So there we go. All right. Well, I think we're all on the same page there. I mean, I, I think until we see something to the other, to the contrary, Tampa Bay is the clear on favorite. Tom Wait. Brady's going to have a good season. 
how many of the defense are returning? All of them. This, they're, they're, they've returned. I didn't starters. think they lost anybody, right? No, they're returning all the starters. First Super Bowl team to do that no. since the, I think, 70-something Raiders, 72. When the hell did they lost when the Super Bowl? Anyways. I don't know. One of the th- all right, we're going we're gonna to move on, but record prediction. 13 and 4 for the Bucks. That's my prediction. Okay. Boom. Me too. I'll say 12 and 5, just to be all contrary. Right. All right. <laughs> I, I said they go, I think they go 4 and 2 in the division. Yeah. Uh, I think a couple of those teams in the division surprise them because divisional games always go sideways here and there. I, and then yeah, they Panthers, lose. Panthers get one every now and then. I wouldn't be surprised. They, they have a good schedule. They have an. A, the, the meat of their schedule is very easy. They have a couple mm-hmm. tough games down the stretch. They play Carolina like two out of the last three weeks. Uh, so I think at the end of the season there, Carolina gets one on them. Um, sure. But through the middle of the season, they play the who's who of shit teams. So, seriously. <laughs> you like that one, hey, Will? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, New Orleans. Who's going to be the starting quarterback? Jameis. It's got to be Jameis. I don't see how it can be Taysom. I mean, eh, Jameis can actually make – I mean, think about it this way. In the playoffs against the Bucks, when they needed someone to come in for Drew Brees and push the ball down the field and make the throw against the eventual Super Bowl champions, they called Jameis' number. And he threw a laser for a touchdown in the playoffs off the bench cold. I think that play, if anything, uh, shows that Jameis is the guy. I think we're just waiting for Sean Payton to announce it. But I think Jameis is the guy. And I think uh, he's going to do better than people expect replacing Drew Brees. I don't think he's going to be a world beater. Definitely not. But I think he'll do decently. And I think he's going to start to hopefully – I mean, he's not going to throw more than 30 picks. I think that's fair to say. But I think maybe 15 <laughs> picks for Jameis' improvement. So if he gets under 20 interceptions, I think that'll be good. But I do think he's the guy. And I think he's going to have a sneaky good season this year too. All right, uh, I don't sneaky, hate that take. Sneaky good. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> his uh, stats in Tampa were unreal, both in the positive and the negative. Um, but he can throw all over the field. He can make every throw in the book. Um, it, it's just his inability to do it consistently. I think being with Sean Payton, having, you know, a year off, uh, you know, he'll he'll have made some improvements on that. You're right. I don't think he's going to have a clean season. He's not going to have a you know ten less uh, interceptions. You know, anything like that. But yeah, fifteen to twenty, I can believe it. And and I think just the fact that he can light a game on fire. Um, I'm not sure I've seen the same thing from Jason Hill. So I, I like Hill's take. I, I see. He, he's the starter. Um, he, he has more tools at his disposal than what I've seen so far from Jason. Well, I think, all right. So, yeah, I like those takes. I think, I do think Jameis is going to get the starting quarterback job. I do think it comes down to Taysom is very good at what he does, but he's a utility player. He's not going to be your drop back passer. He's not going to be... Uh, starting quarterback material if you take away his running. Like, you need to be running him, giving them the ball as a running back 10 times a game so that he can throw the ball some. And I just don't think that's sustainable. You can't run your quarterback 10 times a game as a running back. Um, 
Jameis, this is circling back to what you said about coaching hubris, Will, is that <laughs> Jameis has shown that he is certainly not afraid of making any throw. He is capable of making any throw. And coaches see that, and they can't help but drool a little bit. They yeah, see the, the interceptions, right? Every, every coach sees interceptions as something that's correctable. We can correct that. We can coach that out of him. But you can't coach this kid. You can't teach him to make, you know, um, throw the football on a line across the field and hit a comeback route, you know, at the, at the, at the sideline. Um, you can't teach him to throw the ball 65 yards down the field. So, yeah, I honestly think Peyton sees that and goes, okay, there. He's our starting quarterback. I can coach him up to reduce the number of interceptions. And if he can make some of those throws, that's really going to set us apart. I don't think he's going to th- throw 30 interceptions again. Definitely not. So, it's hard to do. It's hard to, it's hard to be that shitty at judgment, I think, two seasons in a row. I think we can give Jameis a little more credit than that. Although, if he did, I wouldn't be surprised. I just don't think it's going to happen in New Orleans. Well, and, and it's it's honestly somewhat impressive just from a like number of drives perspective yeah. that he, he was, in that season, able to throw for 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in the same season. <laughs> yeah. And over 5,000 yards. Like, it's just impressive that he got all that accomplished in one season. <laughs> well, and that's the, the funny thing about Jameis is like, how do you evaluate a guy who is such a massive yardage slash output player, but obviously is a, is a turnover machine, right? Like, I wonder if there's some kind of metric these analytics nerds in these front offices have for Jameis, where it's some kind of adjusted kind of like how many points he leads to with all the yards he generates, putting people in field goal position, putting his running backs on the goal line how many points he generates versus obviously how many points he gives away with turnovers. So I'm sure Sean Payton has some kind of ratio in his head where after a certain point, he's like, fuck it, we're putting Taysom in there. He can't do, he might be explosive, <laughs> yeah. but damn, he's not going to turn the yeah. ball over. So yeah, it's curious like to see how you evaluate like that, but definitely going to be James. I think we need to develop a new system of evaluation, a new quarterback rating system. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking it has some... We could call it something like the aggregated Brett Favre scale of efficiency. (laughs) (laughs) It has a nice little ring to it, okay? And you assign a rating to these guys based on how... Because it's a razor's edge. How close are you to being Brett Favre versus being... 30 interception um, Jameis. It's a <laughs> Kitna, right? Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. That's pretty good. The Kitna Farve aggregate QB rating scale. <laughs> <laughs> the Kitna Farve parallax. Ratio. Ratio. Yeah. That's a name <laughs> like, I've not heard in a while. <laughs> but seriously, I, I it's a razor edge, right? Jameis. John Kitna, that he, he was, you know, uh, a few inches every week from being Brett Favre. Where he just, you know, he, he, he put a few passes just that little bit off and they turned into interceptions and, and it was the difference between him, him being a hero and, uh, and losing the game. And right. he, the difference he was between him throwing on. five touchdowns or two touchdowns and three interceptions. And it was usually two touchdowns and three interceptions. Yeah. So he, he had reasonably large outputs within that era. 
He had yeah. good passing yardage every year that he started, uh, but he, he wasn't uh, a perennially winning yeah. quarterback. That's funny. I like that. John Kitna. Wow. He played till 2011. 13. He came back a bit for the, for the Cowboys, too. I remember that. What, in 2013? Yeah, I think he was no. in the roster for Virginia, no, no. wasn't he? No. Yeah, no, he played for Dallas in 2010 and 2011. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, yeah he had and then, good and then seasons, he was like, their, the seasons uh, where he was a starter. I mean, Detroit was where he really, really did it. And that was like 4,200 yards and 4,000 4, yards. And this was in 06, 07. I mean, those are decent. Yeah. But 21 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. Yeah. The, the, the next year, 18 touchdowns, 20 yeah. interceptions. Like, yeah. you know, he's throwing for over 4,000 yards and over 60% completions. But yeah. when your interceptions are eclipsing your touchdowns, your team's not winning. Well, and if you look back at his career, I mean, every year it was almost even or more interceptions. His best season was probably 2003. Yep. Yeah. yeah All right. Anyways, <laughs> let's let's just leave. Let's let's uh, let that one percolate. But I think that's a great idea. We should we should put something together there. Okay. Um. Uh. What are we looking at here? Oh yeah. So I guess okay. We already kind of talked about this. Do we have an over under on on number of picks Jameis throws? I think fifteen. I think that's the, that's the uh, the barometer right there. That's the fifteen is the, the over under. I think so. I'll say 18. Yeah, I was going to go with 17 or 18. That's well, Fair enough. Do you more if, if I was going to gamble, if somebody said 15, I'd be like, ah, I'm going to take the over. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Record. Predict it, boys. I can't see them winning more than six games. I think Jameis is still going to do well. He's going to do sneaky good. I still can't see them winning more than six games. Six? All been, right. There's been a talent exodus from, like, Trey Hendrickson, I think, where is he now? In, not Minnesota. He's somewhere else. But, like, there's been people leaving since Drew Brees is leaving, like, for agents are leaving. They've, like, lost some talent and stuff. Like, and there's been, been a lot of cap casualties, too, right? Like, let's not forget the Saints yeah, have their not cap situation is not very healthy. Yeah, they haven't been the most uh, fiscal. All right, so six. Six for you. Six and what does that make them? Six and 11? Yeah. Six and eleven. Like, Will. Uh, I'm gonna say what? Eight and nine. Eight and nine. Nine. Yeah. Eight. Okay. One of the two. That's what I. Yeah, that's what I had here. I had eight and nine. I think they go three and three in the division, and then they uh, they they don't do so well the rest of the season. They're about a five hundred team, I think. So. All right, Carolina. How good is Sam Darnold? Well, I always thought watching him play against my beloved Pats <laughs> when he was in New York that he was better than uh, giving credit for. Granted, he still was a turnover machine, which is certainly a problem. And decision-making was obviously not his strong suit as well in New York. But a lot of that, I think, is inextricably tied to the genius of Adam Gase. So I think the fact that he is in a better situation in Carolina – where he's, he's got a better coordinator in Joe Brady, who's at least someone who is competent. But from what I hear in league, not I don't have any sources in league circles, but buzz around the league is Joe Brady can actually coach. So I'm happy that he's with a guy 
who can actually bring out the talents in him. And I'm looking forward to seeing Sam uh, Darnold flourish. And I'm actually rooting for him because he's not in my division. And I'm happy to see Zach Wilson flounder in his spot. So I think Sam Darnold will do well. And I think the Panthers might be better than people give him credit for, too. And and he's going to have Christian McCaffrey, yes. which is worth a hell of a lot in this league. I, I, I think that helps the quarterback out tremendously. Uh, I think McCaffrey uh, outshines just about all of the skilled players in New York together. Um, oh, absolutely. So I think that alone is going to take some pressure off him and uh, theoretically will make his uh, turnover uh, numbers a little bit better because he maybe won't feel like he has to extend the play and, and push that ball in when he shouldn't because he's actually got someone who can take a bit of a load off. Um, I don't know what to make of Carolina. I haven't really he had Le'Veon Bell Yeah, but I don't know what Le'Veon Bell's worth since Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know what to make of him, and I, I don't know that uh, that that's oh, comparable. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh, I mean, I think that's the biggest question for Carolina. They had Teddy. They got rid of Teddy. Bridgewater, for anyone who didn't ca- quite catch on there. They get rid of Teddy Bridgewater, and they replace him with Sam Darnold. Did they actually upgrade their quarterback position? hundred percent they did. Sam Darnold has so much more talent. And this isn't necessarily a knock on Teddy Bridgewater. He was never a strong arm thrower anyways, even coming out of, out of college. But Sam Darnold can actually push the ball down the field, like – and let's not forget, like, there was, I remember in the draft process, a throw Zach Wilson made that was literally the exact same throw against air that Sam Darnold made in a live game against the Niners. So Sam Darnold's a guy who can actually play. And also with Teddy Bridgewater, I think there is a reason why he can't seem to win a job and be anyone's long-term solution. Like, he's a serviceable guy, and he's a good player. He's an, he's an okay player, but he's not going to be your franchise guy. He's not going to push the ball in the field, and he's not going to be the guy – Who's gonna take over the hump? Like it, it, the best. Yeah, I know he has a reason. He got his legs snapped in half. (laughs) Yeah, but like, like, they thought he was the answer in Minnesota. I I don't think there's any question there. They thought he was the guy. But even then, I never bought it because he was never like the production didn't match the, the. And I was a Teddy fan, but I looked at the numbers. I'm like, yeah, like you still aren't throwing too many touchdowns or that high yardage, and your yards per attempt are still like around the Blaine Gabbard zone. I'm like, well, like. I want to see a little more than that from a franchise quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, Blaine I want Gabbard, more, don't you dare. But, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> I, want, I want someone better than a poor man's Kirk Cousins. And I think that might be what Teddy Bridgewater is at this point. And that's not a bad thing. He can make a lot of money doing that. But I don't think, as if you're Carolina, I really think they made an upgrade with Sam Darnold coming in with two more years on his rookie contract with a boatload more talent and finally – a coach who can actually work with a kid who's still, I think, only 24. He's around the same age as uh, the kid who's replacing yeah. him. In yeah, he's young. Anyways, so. He's young. I hope so. But, listen, um, I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in any quarterbacks coming out of South Car- uh, Southern California. Oh, me neither. <laughs> but Darnold um, has the best bet. Every, every year it seems like there's a quarterback coming out of South uh, Southern California that is, you, you know, the next big thing and amazing and 
you know, a four-year starter and blah, blah. Actually, not even a four-year starter. Sanchez was a big deal. He only started for one year. But, like, other than Carson Palmer, I mean, who's been good? Matt Barkley didn't barely got a cup of coffee on the bench. He's been a career backup. He was supposed to be something else when he came out of college. I don't know. I just yeah, – anyways, U.S. – yeah, Matt Liner, whatever. Did nothing. Yeah. He was nothing special. Anyways, USC doesn't doesn't do anything for me. Barkley or not Barkley, Darnold. Ah, uh, he. I mean, he got the shit under the stick when he went to the Jets. So I'm I'm happy to see him getting a second chance. Hopefully, Carolina actually gives him a a real shot. Uh, I know he was their second choice. I think they were kind of ready to sell out for Deshaun, and then. We found out he was uh, had some unfortunate. Some. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Sam has the best chance of any kind of. I mean, one of the best situations he can he can ask for is it does look like the the Panthers are legitimately investing in him for 2021, and so it looks like he's at least got their confidence for this year as a proven year, right? So I think they will give him an earnest fair shake because I think they they're going to want it to work out. But I think also like because of that, there's the expectation they're saying that like listen. This is the probably fair or not might be your only real chance to prove that you can do anything in this league. Yeah. So I think yeah. the Panthers are going to invest in that, and I think Sam understands it too. And I mean, I root for the kid too. Like I hope. I mean, kid, he's my fucking age. I hope he does well. <laughs> I hope he does well. <laughs> did he? Did, what did they give uh, up? What did they give up to get him? Did they trade for I him? Think a conditional third, I believe, that turns into a second, if I'm not mistaken. But okay, so they didn't give up much. I, uh, to me, that says you need to show us something this year, and if not, we might just move on. Oh, I lied. So they gotta oh, have a decent fact, season. Let me fact check myself. They uh, he was traded in exchange for a 2021 sixth and second round pick, and then fourth round picks in 2022. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, just one note uh, on Teddy Bridgewater. So, without Christian McCaffrey for almost the entire 2020 season, Bridgewater threw for 3,700 yards, almost 70% completions, and had a 15 to 11 TD to interception ratio. Not lighting the world on fire, but those are not bad stats. Not too shabby. And, and the fact that his unquestionably strongest asset on offense was on the bench hurt for almost the entire year. You know, I, I don't think that deserves too much disrespect. I, I think that's, that's a decent stat line. And I don't know. All right. Let's put it, let's leave it here. Let's put it this way. I don't think they got a whole lot better by swapping out their quarterbacks. They'll see what happens, but, you know, I think McCaffrey hey, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Has a bigger impact than the quarterback. That's, yeah, that's Chris McCaffrey opinion. coming back is is huge. Sorry, that's what you just said, right? Well, yeah, yeah. That to me yeah. is is the bigger difference. The quarterback Definitely. changing out, I don't think makes half as much difference as having McCaffrey for a full season. I think no. their record lives and dies by him uh, yeah. more more so than Darnold. I'm kind of inclined to predict seven wins for them this year. Okay. Uh, but th- there could be two, three more just based on McCaffrey, uh, possibly. All right. Yeah. I have them at 10 and seven. I have them. Yeah. yeah. I think I have them at eight and uh, what is it? Eight and nine. I actually, I have them above the Saints. I have them at eight and nine. 
All right. So you think they're gonna they're gonna match New Orleans? Be better than I had New Orleans at six wins. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we had them at eight and nine. Yeah. So all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I have them at ten and seven. I think they're gonna go three and three in the division as well. Split games with, or well, split games or beat Atlanta twice. <laughs> Somebody's gonna beat Atlanta twice. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, and and. I mean, I looked at their schedule. I looked at the other games. I think they can come out of there with 10 wins, but we'll see. So it's on It's on a recording now. <laughs> okay, very quickly, we're just going to touch on the Falcons for a couple of minutes because they're dog shit. That's, dog shit. <laughs> honestly, that's, the only that's thing what I think. Kyle Pitts, that's it. I want to see Kyle Pitts. I want to see them win two games. That's it. They're going to go two. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what to make of them, honestly. I, I'm being a little hyperbolic when I say they're dog shit. Um, they just seem On offense, to... they can do some stuff, but their defense has been very suspect. Every year, though, their offense can do some stuff, and you think they're supposed to be good, and then they they show up limp half the games and can't put together three first downs. So I, I don't know. Are they going to be a whole lot better now that Julio's gone? Like, is this going to be one of those situations or subtraction or, or addition by subtract addition by sub- subtraction? <laughs> wow. Man, I struggled. Uh, there you go. But uh, no, I, I think, um, I think uh, the, the real thing is, can Kyle Pitts kind of fill in there? But honestly, like Calvin really, I think can do a good enough job. Uh, of of sliding to that number one that number one role last year when Julio was out he did a good job too so it'll be his first year as like the true number one but yeah I mean obviously like you mentioned Atlanta's problem was never offense and uh, you know they got who's supposed to be the best tight end prospect ever in Kyle Pitts so I don't think they'll be lacking firepower I think the main concern is can a Arthur Smith keep this engine uh, this offensive engine rather rolling. He's obviously first time head coach, and so we're seeing if his offense will translate with what Matty Ryan's doing over there. But can he keep that offense humming? And then also, can that defense, like y'all said, actually step up and stop someone and actually not blow a game for a change? Can they do that? No. So that's the honestly the biggest thing is did they get rid of the bad juju that Dan Quinn had from Super Bowl Fifty One? We'll see. But that honestly, that's all the difference right there. I have less confidence in the defense than I do the offense. I think the offense could be fairly balanced. Uh, who's their running back this year? Who even fucking knows? Uh, do they not still have... Uh... Is Devontae Freeman still kicking around? I think it's Mike Davis. No, no, he's long gone. It's Mike Is Davis. He? Okay. Mike Davis. All right. Good luck to you. Anyways, I, I think so. What prediction? Oof, it's like you said, it's such a tough one to predict, but uh, I honestly think them like I think between four and five wins f- feels about right. So let's yeah. say five and 11 to be a little more generous. <laughs> a little more I, generous. I call four wins. All right. See, I actually. Oh, man. I looked at this earlier. I did this, I went through their schedule, I looked at the games. I think they go two and four in their division, but somehow I came up with seven and ten. Ooh. Oh wow! How did you get to that number? I don't know. <laughs> seven wins. wins. Like I actually came up with seven wins. Seemed ambitious. It does, doesn't it? All right. So now I want to take two minutes and just walk you guys through this. All right. 
They start by playing the Eagles at home. I said they win that. Then they lose to the Bucks. Then they go away and play the Giants, and I think they win that. Then they're at home for the Washington. I think they lose that. So that puts them at what? Like, that puts them at two and two. Then they beat the Jets at home. They uh, lose to the Dolphins. That's a tough one. Could go either way. They lose to the Panthers. They lose to the Saints. They lose to the Cowboys. Uh, Here's where it gets funny. Do they lose to the Patriots or do they beat the Patriots? Oh, they lose to the Patriots. Lose to the Patriots. I think so. I mean, granted, that's just me being uh, gut reaction and just right. that the Falcons are just psychologically dominated by the Patriots. Beat so the Jags. But, yeah. Beat the Lions. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I got to seven wins there. <laughs> yeah, it's, the thing. it's tough to say, though, because, I don't know, Atlanta dropped some ugly games last yeah. year. Teams yeah. that they had yeah. no business losing to. Yeah. So it's it's tough to say. Honestly, they could lose to the Jags. They could lose to the Lions. They're not above that. Well, that's it. Their season, <laughs> their season could go either way. I Maybe I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt on a lot of these games that they really shouldn't get. So, I mean, I guess best-case scenario, they're 7-10. and 10. But, yeah, I, I could see them being five, five or six wins. So, all right. That's enough of that. All right, let's move on. AFC South. Who should we start with? Well, who do we think is going to win the division, number one? That's a good question. And, I I mean, actually, for me, I think the clear favorite there is the Titans to win that division. Really? Yeah, I think they're the only only team in that division – that has an answer or a proven solution at quarterback, at least in that division. Like we don't know if Carson can get out of his head and become who like the 2017 Carson once in Indianapolis, or even if he'll be there for week one, I think recent reports say that he's actually ahead of a schedule uh, with his foot recovery. So we'll see if he can yeah. actually get on the field, but it honestly depends with that. Sounds like he will be back for week one. That's what I read. Yeah. We'll but even still, it's like, is he a hundred percent when he's back and then B can he be as good as he was when he was, a borderline MVP. But then you look around the other teams in the division, you look at Jacksonville, one of the least talented roster in the NFL with a brand new rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, and not a whole lot of people to throw to. Uh, and then you look at the Texans and who are they rolling at quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, who I think is a decent quarterback, but like they don't really inspire confidence to Texans as an organization at this moment. So <laughs> when I look at the division, they, I'm like, well, yeah, they Tyrod went Taylor is a decent with Deshaun Watson. Exactly. So with Tyrod Taylor, I like him too, but he is not Deshaun Watson on the field. So what are they without? Tyrod Taylor is like a. I don't know. He's not. He's hardly as exciting as Brian Hoyer. Like he, he really. He's Mister Dink and Dunk. But he, he's a pretty competent number two. Yeah. But as a starter, he uh, he's not elevating uh, your team. He doesn't throw down the field very often. He so had, I, he was a good deep ball thrower in Buffalo, but yeah, like he just hasn't had the opportunity or the consistency to kind of really take a job and own it. He's had the opportunity. Well, he he was. I agree with you, Phil. He threw a nice deep ball. I've saw I saw him do it a few times, but he just doesn't do it. 
Yeah, this dude consistently. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. He just doesn't let it go that deep. Yeah. He's he's a ball security guy. He doesn't take the shot because he's not going to throw a pick. And I don't know. He doesn't have the stones that Jameis has. Jameis is just like fuck it, go deep. Catch it. Right. He just needs a bumper sticker on on his shoulder pads that says "Hold my beer." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, Jameis reminds me of Rex Rex Grossman. Oh, you guys remember him? <laughs> oh yeah. Bill, that, Bill, that might be before your time. No, I remember him stumbling into a Super Bowl against Peyton Manning somehow. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Rex Grossman was was the quarterback for my uh, my Florida Gators, and. Oh, yeah. uh yeah, he was, and then he played for the Bears for a bunch of years, and he was always the guy that was just like, yeah, just go deep. When in doubt, go deep. <laughs> just huck it. Like, somebody will be there. <laughs> I remember one of his swan songs in Washington, one of the last times he had meaningful snaps before they drafted RG3, and just seeing him just like <laughs> just throw picks left, right, and center and be like, oh, yeah, you guys, y'all need a quarterback. Y'all need a new quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, he he, was definitely the other guy's guy. job to catch the ball. He was never afraid <laughs> of throwing picks. Exactly. All right. Uh, you forgot to mention uh, Ellinger. Ellinger? Ellinger? Yeah, same Ellinger. I mean, yeah. hey, he played pretty well in preseason again. I know we said earlier we can't put stock in stats, but as far as stats go, he had a, one of the highest uh, completion percentages and one mm-hmm. of the highest total yardage output. Mm-hmm. So, and from all I'm hearing in training camp, he's been looking pretty good. Oh, so, I, I've been reading some glowing reports from camp oh, yeah. that Ellinger, Ellen, Ellinger, how do you we'll say? Ellinger, I think, I think, I think Ellinger is the way. Oh, that's Ellinger, Ellinger. Okay. Oh, yeah, don't put any stock in what I say. It's a free country. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Ellinger. Go. Anyways, he, uh, yeah, I've I've read a few things where people who've interviewed him and the coaching staff that they've talked to, they keep using the word "it." Mm-hmm. He has it. Whatever it is, he has it. A lot of it. So, <laughs> it's not all about stats. The kid's got it. <laughs> and if there's any place he can thrive, it would be Indianapolis. That's a good spot for them to develop a young quarterback into. But, I mean, right. we'll see what happens with Carson, right? If Carson starts fucking throwing three uh, picks a game and fumbling every other possession, then we might see that we might see it, right? But it all depends on how Carson's a place on the field and if he can, I guess, yeah. keep the ball. I'm not a Carson team, fan. I'm not a Carson <laughs> fan. I don't like how that played out in Philly. I don't like how he went sour grapes. And yeah, me neither. Scuttled out of town. I, I, yeah. I don't know what it is. He's always rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. When people say that he has, he's not a team guy, I can see it. I don't have any basis for that other than just, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think. Honestly, I didn't think he'd be all that great when we drafted him out of college. I was surprised, but anyways, yeah. what do I know? I was a golf guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could argue golf actually ended up better in Los Angeles than San, than the uh, Carson Wentz in Philly. Hundred percent. He actually yeah. played in the Super Bowl. He yeah. you know, had long, more long time success, and like his last two years, you can definitely argue were better than Wentz's, anyways, right? So yeah, and he, he actually was responsible for getting them to the Super Bowl, which Wentz sure, yeah, he played. I mean, yeah, he played, got him there. So yeah, you can definitely yeah. argue that. But yeah, that's all right. Okay, so we don't think the Colts are going to win the division. 
They're number two, though. I honestly think the Titans Colts, Titans to win the division because they're basically bringing back the whole team they had last year. And they have Julio. So that's that honestly, I think, is a mm, very right. good pickup for them because I think that him and A.J. Brown will be a really, really tough tandem. And you will not be able to stack the box against Derrick Henry when you have Julio keeping you honest and you have A.J. Brown, who is a monster, who plays uh, a lot like a young Julio. So you cannot stack the box against Derrick Henry. And good luck giving putting seven defenders in there against Derrick Henry because he makes three-on-ones a favorable matchup. So... Yeah, I don't. Uh, I I have a lot of pity for those defenses in that division. I like AJ Brown a lot. I think he's different than a- I think he's different than Julio though. Julio is a, a, a big speed guy. He would take the top off a of defense. He'll uh, jump ball guys, guys right? Like, but AJ, I feel like he runs really good routes, and he's an over the middle kind of guy, and he breaks really tackles. Physical. He's he's built a little bit more like a running back. Not, I mean, listen, too. not that Julio is not a a specimen. It's just. Uh, you know the style is, and they're good. They're a good combination. So absolutely, a little, little bit more Anquan Bolden, a little bit less Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the Titan, the Titans look pretty good this year. Yeah, what do we think for wins? Ooh, I feel like ten to eleven is the right number for them. I'll, I want to say eleven and six feels right for the Titans this year. Because then I think what if we put them at eleven six, I think nine and eight is a right fit for the Colts. But I also don't think that like the Titans are that much better than they are, right? Like the Colts, it really all is like the, I could conceivably see the Colts winning this division. It all depends on how good the quarterback play is. But they definitely have the talent as a roster to win it for sure. All right, I think the Titans go four and two in the division, possibly even five and one. Well, yeah, I, I definitely don't see the Texans pulling one on anyone, so <laughs> that's for sure. No, they beat the Texans twice, they beat the Colts once, and then it's just whether the Jaguars surprise them or not. But I could see them beat, beating the Jags twice or once. I'm not really sure. I feel like the safe thing to say is 4-2 and because it's hard to go 5-1 and one in the division. For sure. And then they open the season against the Cardinals at home. Mm-hmm got to say i think they win that they go to seattle they lose they play the colts at home they win they go to the jets and beat the jets they go to the jaguars and beat the jaguars uh bills titans october 18th that's going to be a hell of a game chiefs titans woo titans at rams yikes Saints at Titans. That middle part of their season is ugly. Yeah, it's rough. Ooh. Oh, and then they finish the season with at Steelers, at home with the 49ers. Oh, and then Dolphins, Texans to round it out. So they got a nice couple of games to finish the season with. Yeah, I like 10, win, 10, 10 11 wins maybe. I think they match. Last year they they were eleven and five last year, so I think they I think they hit the eleven win mark. Yeah, I like that. Um, they know, feel like better than a ten win team, and you know, slightly worse than last year, mm-hmm. just with the extra game. But uh, yeah, I think they hit eleven wins. That's, All right, I like that. Guy. Okay, Jags. Well, Colts. Quickly, what do what do we think the Colts' record is going to be? 
nine and eight. I feel like that feels right, but potential to go. I could see them going up as high as 11, 12 wins. Again, all depends on how good quarterback play is, but I feel like with the uncertainty with Carson, I think nine wins is about right. Yeah, I think I, I got a call 10 win team. Yeah, 10 win team for me. 10 and 7. All right, Jack. They, they were 11 and 5 last year. Yeah, they were a good team last year. Philly Rivers. Thanks to that <laughs> daggone Philly Rivers. <laughs> Yeah, the best cousin dad in the league. <laughs> you still had a pretty good season last year, right? Yeah, so I do a terrible Phil Rivers. Yeah, you could have still been a solution if you wanted to play. Jags, what do we think? The Jags? Do, do we have anything to say about the Jags? I feel like the Jags are an, a science experiment this year. I would yeah. have been so much honestly more interested by them if they didn't cut Tim Tebow today. But like, <laughs> I would have been so much more interested until now. Honestly, like, yes, I want to see Trevor Lawrence because I've heard nothing about him, nothing but good things about him since like 2016 when he first started popping up on fucking whatever the hell it was. So I think he'll be good and he'll be interesting. But Urban Meyer is a first time kind of head coach in the NFL, a rookie head coach. Who knows how he's going to do? Who knows how long he'll be there? And who mm. knows how the supporting cast, as far as like weapons around, Trevor Lawrence develop, but I don't see them being too exciting because where do they upgrade last year except for quarterback? And you can also make the argument that Gardner Minshew was not necessarily the biggest problem on that roster. So where do they upgrade substantially beyond Gardner Minshew, right? So that's where I don't see them being too much of a threat, but more kind of like like you said, a bit of a science experiment. Let's see how good the kid really is. Now what I'm interested in is uh, – and you guys can stop me if you think otherwise, but my impression was that they had uh, some potential on defense. They had a lot of potential talent on defense that was supremely underperforming. They were not a good defense in spite of the fact they might have some people there that can play. So my biggest question mark is, can that turn around? Yeah, I mean, on offense, okay, they've got Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how much I'm expecting out of their offense, but I want to see if their defense makes a step forward because that could make a big difference. If their defense starts actually playing like people thought they might play last year the year before, then, you know, maybe there's something there. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, know. I don't have high last year. right now. Well, yeah, their defense last year was ranked 31st in the league. Oof. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, and, and honestly, to a degree, I'm of the opinion that if you're ranked 31st, 32nd in the league, it's almost impossible to actually be that bad, to have that be your ceiling. You are underperforming. If you're in the NFL and, and you have a defense that's performing that poorly, it's because things are not working. With the coaching staff, with the yeah. personnel, the culture, something is just not working properly. And they are the ones that have, I think, the greatest opportunity for turnaround. Uh, so my impression yeah. is that the Jags defense is not untalented. They're just terrible performing so mm -hmm. far. So with a changeover of coaching staff, changeover of philosophy, there's at least the opportunity that that kind of turns over a new leaf. Um, but until I see it, I'm not willing to 
make predictions on it. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think they're like a four or five win team. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Interestingly enough, as far as this is just what I looked up on pro football reference. So team defense rankings, Jacksonville was 31st. Guess who was dead last? Houston. Dallas. Detroit. What? (laughs) (laughs) Matt Patricia. Poor guy. And, and here's the little plug for, uh, for Mr. Saleh in new york this year uh my niners after being ravaged by injuries uh and their two best defensive players being out for most of the season um were ranked number 17. It's impressive yeah and and interestingly enough atlanta was only number 19 in the league last year oh, wow. what was that uh, not as bad as I thought. Uh, Dallas was 28. Yeah. They were pretty bad. Dallas, only Minnesota, Las Vegas, Jacksonville, and Detroit were worse. Houston was slightly better. And I think depending which uh, kind of half of the season you pull, Dallas was probably a resolute third second. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay, so the Jags were saying four, five wins. Four wins, I think, is right for them. All right. I'm going to say five. I'll say four. And that's going to be... Okay, so four and 13. Mm-hmm. Four and 13. Oof. It just sounds so much worse with this extra game. I know. I don't like the even... It just hits the ear wrong, the even oh, odd numbers, rather. I don't we like were it. five and 12. Like, man, you suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a... It's next to impossible to be a 500 team. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, that, what, what do you mean? What do you mean it it's is, next to impossible? No, no, it it's, <laughs> no, no, it's technically possible to tie a game in the NFL. It's just oh. extremely, extremely rare and difficult. Okay, difficult. all right, fair enough. So it's, enough. You know, <laughs> how many times has it happened in the last 10 years? It's, it's probably like three. Yeah. So, the real question I have for you guys uh, is for our our favorite punching bag, Houston Texans. So is it even worth doing a prediction for them this season? Because I honestly think they will be the fourth team to go winless this year and the first to do it in the new 17-game schedule. Ooh, really? They I, will be the I, first I, team to ever lose 17 games in one single season? <laughs> I can't see how else the season can end out. Like, they lost... All of the heart, like the t- the blue chip players on their team in the past two seasons, and Exodus. Bill O'Brien did a tremendous job of stripping this roster of any kind of talent, and then and leaving year, it without draft picks. Exactly, and then this past year with the whole drama after the sh- with the Sean Watson the offseason, I and JJ Watt especially leaving too. They've done also a great job of leaving no soul for the team anyway. So what are they playing mm-hmm. for? Who are they playing for? Who do they rally around? Like I don't know. At least, I don't at know. least with, like at least with the Browns in 20, 2018, 17, when they went winless. At least you had like a Miles Garrett you could look up to and be like, oh, well, at least we have a future stud, All Pro potential defensive player in the year. Well, the Browns are actually yeah. good. But that's what I'm saying. You knew that there was light at the end of that tunnel, yeah. right? So even when they were going winless, they had players to rally around. It wasn't hopeless. With well, the they were building draft picks. 
They were making good draft picks. They were building and and stockpiling draft picks. There was was a plan that you could see coming together. Billy O'B is like the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. He just (laughs) destroyed the team and and left the cupboard barren. Where where Jacksonville is the science experiment and and we're not entirely sure whether they're they're the baby Ruth chocolate bar or or the turd in the pool uh, <laughs> with, with the Texans we literally saw Bill O'Brien shit in the pool <laughs> yeah. there's no question take, there take a big old dump in the pool yeah. and then somehow convince Bob McNair to be like you should make me a lifeguard here after just shit in this pool <laughs> oh my GM. god but uh, yeah. that's what I'm saying it's like what do they have to play for? Seriously, like if you're a player in the Houston Texans, you're playing for a paycheck and that's about it. Am I going to dive out and risk my ass to make a kind of play? I mean, sure, you want to put good tape out there, but like what there, if Tom Brady proved anything and the impact he made in the Buccaneers coming in as a free agent, it's that having that intangible kind of, I guess, leadership, that kind of quality, like the, the character guys in the locker room that you want to fight for. It, has, it makes a tangible difference, even though you can't measure it. But then you look at the Texans, and all of those players are gone. Gone completely from the roster, and they replace them with nothing. So it's like, who What the did their draft look through? like this year? The best thing they had was, I think, Davis Mills as a project quarterback in, what, the third or fourth round, something like that? So, come on. like That's what I'm saying. As a Texans fan, I can't imagine – a more bleak situation. like And like even last year when Tom Brady left, I wasn't this depressed. And so I can't imagine as a Texans fan, I'm like, holy, like you had who you thought was your future franchise quarterback. Deshaun Watson, who when he's not in legal trouble, I will argue is a top th- four, not maybe three, top four quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And now he doesn't want to play for you ever again, if he's even allowed in the NFL. So as yeah, a Texans well. fan, like what's keeping you there? And as a player, why do you, why would you want to come here besides the fact that they just spent money to make themselves a new locker room because they pretend that they're a college football team because that's really what they are now at this point. They're more college Yeah, football maybe. I don't know. So, yeah, on the side, Deshaun Watson apparently is being investigated by the FBI. That's a, yep. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. That doesn't, that doesn't look good. No, and it's just a dark cloud hanging over the entire organization. Uh, it's just... Yeah, what a disaster! Like that, I don't see any. I don't see any situation in which a game somehow gets won by them. Like, so why? And who's the the, the new head coach? David Cutcliffe. Like, whatever is that his fucking name? Cutty or something? Who fucking knows? But David Cully. Yeah, Cully, Cully. That's the one, not Cutcliffe. But yeah, Cully. He even like in what he was talking about, like with questions with Deshaun Watson, didn't have an answer. Anyways, like I don't think that he knows what he's doing as a head coach. He doesn't convince me. He gives me. He seems like a more boring Nick Sirianni. At least, like that's the vibe I get talking to him. He seems equally incompetent. It's just that he's not as like zany as Nick Sirianni is. Like he doesn't talk about Kobayashi. So no one talks about zany. All right. Look, I'm looking at their roster right now. It doesn't look awful. I mean, aside from the fact, yeah, aside from the fact that Tyrod's the starter and Jeff Driscoll is their backup quarterback. But running back, I like they have Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Rex Burkhead. They've got a nice little stable of running backs there. Wide receivers are Brandon Cooks, Chris Conley, Kiki Kuti, Anthony Miller is a backup. 
I mean, I don't know. You, Phil, do you know offensive lines? Uh, I know them well enough to know that outside of uh, Laramie Tunsil, they don't really have anything, and Laramie Tunsil's on the reserve list with COVID. So Yeah, he's out right now, but they also have Marcus Cannon. Also on the reserve list, and Marcus Cannon with the Patriots was very frequently on the reserve list, which is why we did not re-sign him. Oh, I see. So, I don't know who Titus field. Howard is. I don't know Cole Toner. I don't know Max well, Sharping. Titus Howard was their first-round pick last year that had did not impress. But okay. um, the, the best player they have active on their offensive line is Justin Britt, the center, who is a good player and a decent guy with uh, with the Seahawks when he when he first came out. So that's no, he's he's a second have. stringer now. Is he? Well, there you go. So that's yeah. that's the only name I can recognize on this offensive yeah. line. So Cole Toner. Even, yeah, Cole Toner is their center this year. So isn't Deshaun? I think like didn't he have a, a set the record for like one of the most stacked quarterbacks to start his career? He's up there as far as yeah, definitely. So it game. doesn't bode well necessarily. No. Uh, I mean, their their defense. Eh, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of it. That's what I'm saying. There's, there's they have Whitney Merciless on defense, and that is about it. That's it. Like that. What else is there to get excited? Oh, Malik Collins. They got Jordan Jenkins, Christian yeah, you Kirksey. Signed Bradley Roby. Congratulations, you got him over. Bradley Roby's like, suspended. That's what I'm saying. What's like you? You brought him over. He's almost thirty. He's almost thirty years old. It's like really these are, these are the difference makers that you're gonna get. And some of their second stringers they've got listed here: Vernon Hargreaves, Shaq Lawson, yeah, Hardy Nickerson. Is that his son. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he for you for you Phil Hardy Nickerson was a linebacker for the Steelers in the what nineties? Oh, there we go. The original. Anyways, all right. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think they go winless though. That's my that's my take. I mean, yeah, it obviously is hard to lose seventeen straight games, but that's that's just my pessimistic take. What I'm like, I don't see. Any, like I don't yeah. see a team that has less talent than them. I think they're a two or three win team. But who do they beat? Like who? Oh, I don't know. They they're just gonna they're gonna surprise somebody. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Pop, Jacksonville week one. Yeah, they're gonna Maybe. pop out and surprise somebody. Surprise. I mean, that would be the game, honestly, Will. That would be the game. Yeah. Of Jacksonville week one. Yeah, Jacksonville. <laughs> Then they lose to the Browns, they lose to the Panthers, they lose to the Bills, they lose to the Patriots, they lose to the Colts, they lose to the Cardinals, they lose to the Rams, Dolphins in weeks, whatever that is, November 7th. And they probably lose. They probably lose there. They lose to the Titans at home for the Jets. It's a possibility. Maybe they lose to the Colts, they lose to the Seahawks. Some. Jags again, that's a possibility. They lose to the Chargers, probably. They lose to the 49ers for sure. They lose to the Titans. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think there's like maybe a couple games in there that they could unless they surprise somebody good. They they look like they have a pretty tough schedule to play some good teams. Somehow, like e- so. even if the Jags are, you know, uh a, a turd, I, I still think uh they they won't beat them two games. Yeah. All right, two and fifteen. That's me. I'll call the same. One and seventeen. <laughs> one and seventeen. You're not gonna stick with your early prediction of a winless team? 
No, that's what I'm saying with 0 and 17. I don't, that's oh, oh, 0 and 17. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you said 1 and. Oh, I'm sticking to my guns here. I'm not going to back yeah, down okay. this shitty take. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's wonderful. I hope you guys are writing this down. I want to I wanna keep track of these. It's on the archives. Someone will, someone will correct me. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> All right. What else are we hitting before we leave? Because I think we've pretty much run out of time. We've been at what? this for probably, yeah. <laughs> what else have we? Is there a while? We kind of got through everything. We got I think so. quarterbacks. Yeah. The only thing we left off was potentially Jordan Love, but I guess we can save that for uh, next week when we do the NFC and AFC yeah. North. Yeah, that's true. Well, we can leave it for then. Yeah. Reports so far have not been all that glowing. So we'll give them another week to impress somebody. Yeah, I hope to see something different this week, but we'll see. I can't wait to talk about Aaron Rodgers again. Oh, me too. <laughs> I'm very excited for it. <laughs> all right, awesome. Well done, gents. That was another good week. I appreciate Absolutely. you showing up and bringing your research and having some really uh, hot takes that we can <laughs> throw in each other's faces at the end of the season. <laughs> it's always fun. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think these record predictions, we got we to gotta hang on to those and revisit them at the end of the season. And then uh, I feel like there should be uh, some kind of we – we got to put a little wager on this, some kind of punishment or some kind of <laughs> – I don't know. Some kind of humiliation. Yeah, yeah, let's get creative. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing too extreme, but I think we can come up with something fun there. How do we want to do? How do we want to evaluate it? Like cumulative variance from actual, like I guess, total record. Like what? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. How far off you were? Yeah. You know, if you pick ten and seven, they went like three and whatever fourteen, then you lose your minus seven. Like you were, you were way off. <laughs> <laughs> all right cool that was great thanks a lot guys yeah and we'll uh we'll do this again next week next week well, what are we doing next week what are we let's talking about the north north yeah the north. yeah let's do the north and then finish with the west yeah best for west west is best solid everybody. yes hands down <laughs> bar not niners niners for super bowl let's do it I mean, <laughs> all right. All right. Till next week. Yeah. See you later, guys. See you, guys.